Hello, hello. You're listening to the Version 4 Podcast. I am Versaloon, and uh, this is episode, I believe, four of the solo episodes. Um, this one is coming out late. I apologize. It was a holiday. Also, I have the sniffles now. For some reason, I just woke up. I feel like I can't decide if it's truly the sniffles or if I got, like, uh, like espresso in my nose. I don't know. This happens only when I wake up, so it's kind of strange. But anyway, I just woke up. It's, like, 3 in the afternoon. Don't worry about me. I'm a piece of shit, but... All right, anyway. So, the reason why this episode's late, some of you saw on Twitter, but I'll just reiterate briefly... It's because the uh, the um, it's a Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. and this typically means that there's barbecues and people outside cooking out in New York City. Um, and generally, this happens the whole weekend, right? But I completely forgot about this because I about oh fuck because I'm not really tuned into the uh, into like the happenings of normal humans, but um. So yeah, so I'm not completely tuned into the happenings of normal people at the moment, and as a consequence of that, I don't always know, I don't always plan my recordings, uh, my recordings accordingly, and I was and I wasn't able to record this weekend basically because there's just basically fireworks going off and people being loud and playing stupid trash music all day. It was absolutely horrible. And I find it very very interesting that people have been playing the same fucking music during cookouts. Since I was a kid, right, you would expect that, like, the music choices would change as time goes on, right? Where it's, like, in the 90s, they would play, you know, 80s music. And then in the 2000s, they'd play maybe, like, 90s, a little bit of 80s. But they're still playing the same fucking songs from the 80s and 90s in 2020. So, I don't know. Clearly, I'm missing something here. But that's besides the point. I've had so many fucking things to talk about this week, but that now, because of the uh, nature of things, a lot of them feel dated. Um, so that's that's always, of course, frustrating. Um, but uh, the first thing I want to mention is uh, okay. So I'm gonna start off with the most topical of the situ of uh things that are pressing that are on the forefront of my mind right now. So last night I was on Telegram and I'm getting messaged by some girl named Annabelle. I don't know. She's like some white chick. Uh, and her picture is like cute. Her is like a cute selfie of her. And it's in like my Telegram. And here and that already from the beginning is the first moment of suspicion, right? I'm already thinking glow in the dark because first of all, no one has my Telegram. The only people who have my Telegram are crypto people. I don't publicize my Telegram. I don't. I only give it out when I go to crypto conferences. I only give it out to people who are in crypto. Um, I only use Telegram 100% solely for crypto and for like. Um, no, actually, there's absolutely zero other contacts. I use it only for crypto groups, and then, and then offshoot groups from also from crypto, right? Um, and then I think I'm in one uh, Kaliok Telegram group that kind of was isn't used anymore right so i'm already thinking glow in the dark because the only people i talk to um are crypto folks not to mention i also posted a fairly i kind of fed posted in a tweet as as a joke um about something uh a line my friend told me my friend uh i'm not gonna dox him but he uh i was in his uh in his apartment in in college and he's like showing me his guns and you know all the guns he has and he's like and I, at the time I was very like shit lib liberal and I was open to the idea of guns because I was in the south but I never like had much experience with them um and I was and I think actually I know for a fact at the time I was like vegetarian maybe even vegan that year because I know for a year I tried true vegan or as close to vegan as possible and I was very much against taking people like human life or any life for that matter. And um, he was showing, but I was, you know, curious because I like, you know, I like weapons. I like, you know, violent shit. I like martial arts, all that kind of shit. You know, I've always been a fan. 
I like fighting games. I'm a big fan of Street Fighter. Big fan of anime. Love action movies. Always been a fan. You know, so it's, I was still curious, you know what I mean? And uh, the and he shows me his, like, Glock and his, like, rifle and shotgun. And he's, like, showing me proper hand, like, handle, hand holding of the gun, um, proper grip, etc., etc. And then I, he's, like, so, you know. He's, like, so, you know, Verse. Uh, he didn't call me Verse. He called my, my real name, but it doesn't matter. He's, like, so, you know, Verse. You know what the first rule of handgun ownership is, right? And now I'm naive. And I'm, like, uh... I don't know. Don't put your finger on the trigger. Don't don't keep your finger on the trigger unless you're trying to shoot, right? And he's like, no, of course not. The first rule of handgun ownership is only leave one side of the story. And for those of you who understand the joke, there, I don't. I shouldn't have to explain it, but in a self-defense situation, as Nick Hyde would say, um, make sure that there's only one side of the story afterwards. Um, state laws are such that. Litigation can be very complicated um, depending on the state you're in, especially if you're in a blue state. Uh, litigation is very, very complicated, and people can, in some states, people can literally break into your house armed with, say, like a machete or something, and come into your house, break and kick the door down, break in the house with a machete, and you shoot them, You're, and they survive. Or if their family sues you, um, you can still go to prison because you escalated violence. Or in some states, um, they can come in and break into your house with a gun. And if you shoot them without giving them a warning or something like that. Like, there's, like, so many fucking small uh, details that you have to consider when you're dealing with um, firearms in blue states. Uh, that it's, it's, it's quite the hassle. The idea is that you give up your rights. Um, so they make it as difficult as possible for you to benefit from having them um but that is not to say that you shouldn't have one and that there aren't ways to get around it there's also there are associations that you can join um the name of which one of which is um the USCCA, i believe and uh the united states concealed carry something something <clears throat> association i guess and effectively, you join, you pay like a monthly dues, and you have access to like a legal team in given a self-defense situation. You have access, depending on the tier of your membership, you have access to like uh, X tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of legal coverage, and they'll bring their people there to get you out of the situation. It's effectively insurance kind of mixed with like a membership club. Um, so if you get a firearm, it is important that you ought to, that you find yourself within legal protections because in the case that you find yourself defending many people are privy to the to the notion that they can sue you now with that said in the case of like riots as you know the u.s will find themselves likely in in the next few months for the next few months and then even and they will likely ramp up around the election week um there's a lot of chaos in the streets and um it's very likely that if you know uh, something were to go down, the kind of people who would be on the receiving end aren't necessarily capable of litigating you. So keep that in mind. Uh, I'm not condoning violence. I don't particularly condone violence at all. I actually think it's, you know, generally uh, bad. It's in bad taste. But, you know, I also, but I do, con I do not, I am not one of these people who decide, who thinks that it, you ought to preserve human life just on the principle of such. And that if you're being attacked, that you should, like, pull out some kung, some kung fu shit. Um, uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, what, what did Biggie say? I'm not with that kung fu shit. I, wait, uh, fuck. I, anyway, he's like, I told the fofo. That's all, that's all you need to know. Um, but anyway, um, I actually plan on, in future episodes, doing an in-depth breakdown of 3d weapons and 3d print uh, 3d printed weapons um and the legality of such and different uh and you know linking files and stuff because actually i think this is very very important for the future um i am in the process now of shopping for one for a 3d uh, printer and uh the legality of 3d printed weapons in different states they're generally legal even in New York City, there's like 
gray area regarding them because it's hard to like actually regulate that um so i will keep you all on keep you all updated with respect to 3d printed weapons um but this is the direction that i think we all, you need to go in in general in the, in the internet age right like as you can see the globalist elite are just going to condone fucking riots and stuff in and you and this is this is one part uh globalist uh attempt at a coup and it's another part just a, a natural consequence of the internet age um i don't know if you got uh uh i don't know if it's like well talked about but like the reason why terrorism spiked in the 2000s other than you know if we can look at the history of the u.s you can go okay the u.s was funding the cia and was funding osama bin Laden, yada 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 you can look at like dancing israelis you can look at you know you know false flag there's so many different ways to um to piece together the situation with like 9-11 etc um and most if not all of them are legitimate i mean i think it's i think life is complex and you can have multiple truths happen simultaneously um but i think that the part that's not spoken about nearly as much is that the internet allowed for this to happen right so it's because you know different uh people who are just dis disenfranchised people were able to like communicate with one another via like facebook groups and stuff that things like the taliban and isis and etc were are able to sprout up yes they are cia funded in large respect or are a reaction to the cia but it their the ability for them to recruit the ability for them to like create these like shocking videos that are that are so quintessentially uh internet age um the, the like all their all of the things that they're doing all these things are like they they are all uh what's the word they're all like propagated not propagated they're all enabled by the internet itself and these are these are modern phenomena right there have been terrorist organizations before but they're few and far between all of a sudden the internet comes up and people can get dissident information they can communicate across countries they can do recruitments on twitter back because isis used to be a lot on twitter um i think they banned it now um and next thing you know this they're a common they're like a practically weekly occurrence um there's a reason for this it, it, it's one of the downsides of having a connected world is that terrorism is a natural byproduct um similarly the byproduct of 3d printed guns or not put 3d printers is that people can 3d print weapons and it's going to start with guns it's going to but it's going to escalate as the technology advanced i mean if you can build a gun there's no reason why you can't build a 3d printed drone um there's no reason why you know inversion i don't know let's say these are what is this like the second iteration maybe in version five uh of them when you can do biological printing you can print uh viruses you can print bioweapons like there's there's really no reason why none of this i mean you, by the time you're able to print food because right now they're 3d printing organs in like labs and research and shit i mean by the time you can print food in like your house you can start printing bioweapons i don't see why what's what's any different um so anyway these are all things you need to consider um technology itself is neutral um um, but you need to consider like if the uh, you got to consider the downsides in addition to the upside. I think our our common our current um, culture is one that we only could talk about the upside of technology. We almost never talk about the downsides of technology, and that is a problem. I mean, the only context you see any negative association with technology is like Black Mirror, fucking Netflix pr garbage for you, for your like mind, but whatever. All right, I'll see you guys in a bit. Taking a break.
Okay, I'm back. Um, I, uh, I think, uh, this episode is going to be about, <clears throat> it's going to be like a technology medley. Um, because, uh, our, our, all of our favorite, uh, online, extremely online horrorist, Zero HP Lovecraft dropped a short story recently called Key Performance Indicators. Um, I'm fervently against spoilers. However, I will say that the story is about Neuralink's Neural Elon. Uh, it's like yeah, about Neuralink, like Elon Musk's Neuralink. Um, the uh, so here's the issue with Neuralink for me. I'm gonna be honest right now. I'm not fucking. I I see a lot of good things. Uh, as I said before, every technology is neutral, right? So I see the positives. I see the fucking autistic Reddit idea that Elon Musk has with respect to like. Oh well, the only thing that's stopping uh, my Elon Musk impersonation is horrible, but it's good. It's good as it needs to be. Oh, well, the only thing that's stopping uh, 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 us is uh, is our bandwidth, right? The the the, the human mind is so is so profound. But shut up. Basically, his idea is that we have you know the entirety, the wealth of human. We have like all this technology at our fingertips. We have computer processing. We have the ability to communicate across you know the entire domain of you know human existence we have the entirety of human uh thought and and uh knowledge at our fingertips what is stopping is our bandwidth right our ability to download and our ability to upload to this to the internet and to this like you know network is what's limit is our limitation right so he like many spurgs believe that we are going to fuse with ai and on one hand, he's not wrong. I think it's a misguided effort. I think he's low-key the Antichrist. He's the, This is the fucking Borg. I'm not going to become part of the Borg. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. And, th- well, depends. It depends how it, how it happens. Uh, phase one Borg, definitely not. I've always said, even as I read, like, uh, Kurzweil, like, Ray Kurzweil's, like, Singularity is Near when I was younger, that... If I was to become, I wouldn't just do the upload your brain to the internet, um, into like the cloud or whatever, because I don't think that's real. Um, I don't believe you can simply, I don't believe in that dualism, right? So like, they always make this claim, it's like, well, if you're not a dualist, right? If you don't believe in the soul and that we're all matter, then you should be able to upload your brain, uh, onto the computer. It's like, shut up. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. To, to be able to upload your cohesive self online is to imply the existence of like an internal state that is separate from the matter, right? If you if you truly don't believe in like a a, a, a dualism between like a, a you know a dualism in that sense, right? And if everything is only one essence, then you could not extract you can't extract your selfhood from the matter itself. If that makes sense. Right. So the idea that you can simply upload your brain to something else is not a viable. It just isn't viable. Your 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 sense of embodiment is holographically stored in your literal cells. Right. So it's the the interplay between like the neurochemical signals between your brain and every cell in your body every time that you you know move your hand and you feel the arthritis from when you broke your when you broke your hand in like you know college riding a bike or when you're i don't know whatever the fuck you broke your hand when you're punching a wall i don't fucking know every time you feel that arthritis from like the uh improperly healed bone in your hand that jumps back and jolts back into your brain activating the uh the holographic memory in your mind uh, that, that that subtly replays that memory in the background every time you you know move and you feel each cell uh, reverberate back into like this this interplay of cells of um of your cells with your brain happening all at once all the sensory data simultaneously interacting with like the holo- holo- holography in your brain is what gives you your sense of self okay that is like on a material sense. Like, that is what it is, right? 
it is the it is a Mobius strip, so to speak. There's no it's not like two sides of a coin. It is a mo it's a one sided three dim so Mobius strip isn't the best metaphor because it's it's a it's a good metaphor because it's simplistic, right? So a Mobius strip, if you don't already know, is a three dimensional object. Yeah, it's three dimensional. I think it's yeah, it's a three dimensional object with one side that's connected right and yeah it's a three-dimensional object with only one side and the way it's, this happens is that there's a twist in in the curve and this twist makes it so that you can start at one point and draw a line and draw a line on quote-unquote both sides that meets back at the original point because there is only one side right um similarly I think our conscious. I think that the sub, the the dualism that we that people speak of, that like many of these like scientists and Reddit types talk of, is not real. I think that our experience of self is a comb is like a higher dimensional Mobius strip, um, kind of like a Klein bottle, but instead of in three dimensions, it's four dimensions. Yeah, so a Klein bottle is the same idea as a Mobius strip, but it's a manifold three dimensional object. So there's like a curve so it happens in curved space i think it's that but done on four dimensions does that make sense yeah so it's effectively consciousness is like a four-dimensional klein bottle that that loops kind of through time and that loop through time is recursion right that sense of your sense of self the fact that you can think about yourself doing things that metacognition that's the the Klein bottle loop through fourth dimensions through the quote unquote fourth dimension. And then, but it's all one substrate, right? I think that's a fairly basic model. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I think that literally anyone with basic like topology, like, I guess like a, any, I guess, I guess it's basic topology, right? It's like, if you have understanding of geometry on a high on a higher level or like topology of a high level, you, you should be able to make this model, uh, I mean, there's so many, like, it's, it's probably similar to a torus in a lot of ways. Or, like, a donut. A donut is, um, whenever you see those, like, Alex Gray drawings of, like, the head with, like, multiple sides to the face. And it's, like, there's, like, a, a funnel that's leading out. And there's a bunch of heads that are connected. And it makes this loop. Like, it, that's, like, the torus diagram with your perspective inside the torus. Um, and, uh. And you know, so many cultures have this diagram. Like it's it's there's a reason for it, right? If you've ever done like high levels of marijuana or any kind of LSD or like whatever, you you might and then you close your eyes, you might have experienced this same sensation that Alex Gray's portraying. Um, I think it's fairly clear to me and, and to most that it's like some Taurus, uh, something akin to a Taurus. Um, and uh, and something akin to like a Klein bottle in four dimensions. I don't think that's a very crazy notion. I think that it should be the basic understanding, and it solves the mind body mind body dualism. I don't understand why every fucking person doesn't already, every quote unquote scientist doesn't already know it. Well, I do understand because they're fucking idiots. But that's besides the point. The point I'm really making here is. Uh, you can't upload your mind. Now, with that being said, I do think obviously the Neuralink is technology that could work right because it's effectively connecting your neurons to technology to ai etc and the ai is able to move uh something externally you're able to inter have interplay between different neurons now i've said this to my friend i'm not joining the borg it's not going to happen but things i would do uh i think that it's very viable actually let me do two different things yeah, so I think it's viable. If I were to synthesize myself with machines, I would take the long route and I would do the ship of Theseus merging with machines. So what does that mean? So like, as there's a there's a philosophical argument um, known as the ship of Theseus, Theseus, Theseus. I don't know one one of the two of those. And it, it, the it proposes a question. It's like there's a ship. Of uh, Theosis, it uh, it goes on the it's gone on the ocean many many times, and as it goes on the ocean, it's starting to wear, right? And every time one of the boards wears, it's replaced with a new board. 
but they knowing the like the glory of the ship they every, every time a board failed they took the board and they put it in a museum and over time every single board was replaced and every single board was reconstructed in the museum right so at this point there are two ships there's the ship the reconstructed ship in the museum of all the worn tattered boards and the and the ship that's on the sea with all the brand new boards which is the real ship right and it, it's a philosophical you know thought experiment there's no real answer um i think most people would say the ship that's on the sea is still the real ship because of a sense of continuation um uh even though all the parts of the original ship are in the museum right the one that's on the sea it has the the continued continued sense of self right that's typically our answer um as such i also happen to believe the same thing in this case so i and uh, i don't know i mean whatever so i believe it enough that if i were to merge with machines i would be willing to do so under the condition that it's done via like the swapping out of my organs with biological organ biological machine replacement um swapping out having like nano cells replace my decaying biological cells one to one done very slowly all my neurons replaced as they fail one after another and thus my sense of self is not disc is not discontinued but i'm still i guess in this case biomechanical right now also with that being said i don't think that my experience of self will be the same experience of self as it is in my biology because as i said before i think your sense of self is contained within the biology itself um and it is within that holography the holographic interplay between your cells and your mind that gives you a sense of like a selfhood a sense of aliveness i think that in the case of older i think there's going to be a point they you know reddit people always make this claim like oh well can you point to the exact moment where you're not yourself anymore no but i do think that there is a moment where you're not yourself anymore they always try to make it seem like this is this fucking like in asinine statement to be like oh oh well you're no longer yourself because because you can't point to a threshold but there is a point where you're there is a point in that ship of theosis that's on the these these whatever this fuck i'm gonna stop trying to pronounce it that's on the the ocean that it is more synthetic than it is acid than it is organic right there's more there's a point where enough of its original body is gone that it has crossed a threshold or it's effectively a new ship right you can even say like you can even make the the argument that is like i'm like once you reach that like distinction between cyborg and android it's like if you're that far once you've crossed the 50 percent mark you're kind of you're mostly synthetic at that point right and i happen to think that, that interplay between these synthetic cells and your neurons will manifest in your bio in your thinking i think that your sense of your experience sense of self will change as your bio biology changes now further um, pushing the point further i was talking to my friend and i think that there are cool uh, applications of like a neural link right i think you can like operate you can send like uh machine avatars out to space that way you can like work on mining rigs without actually having to send humans into space i think that sending humans into space is stupid uh i think it's mostly gonna fail but you can send machines across galaxies across planets in interstellar space and operate them via uh Neuralink and using quantum entanglement or quantum computers right it's actually fairly logical it'll have super fast bandwidth it will work just fine there's no reason for us to humans to ever do interstellar travel but our machines could right um i'm kind of running out of time but i was talking about uh the way that that would work out it would be a lot like a s circuit in series where like your sense of self diminishes across the series across the circuit um but i wonder what would happen in the sense of like a parallel circuit a parallel circuit would be like the ship of theosis the the avatar that you're operating kind of like vr would be a series a circuit in series 
given the nature of a neural link and it's like electrochemical signals, would the, I'll leave you on this question, would the parallel circuit theist, ship of theists have its own sense of self? Would you be animating robotic, robotic life? Is it possible that we're being pulled teleologically by an AI in the future towards the creation and the animation of uh, robotic life for our own destruction? I don't know. You got to ask yourself these questions. All right, another break. So I'm thinking of like, so all this talk of like, you know, technology and like Neuralink and stuff is making me think of just basic shit, right? Like our, like the internet itself and the incompatibility, many, how, how incompatible so many humans are with just basic technology, right? So what do I mean by that? I mean, like take like in the last, what? decade we've seen essentially society implode because fucking half every other person is like kind of an idiot um what well, not idiot they're like mentally unstable right like these women are like porno flating online just just dumping their mental health online we have all the the alphabet people like schizotypally like like destroying themselves and pushing themselves further and further into like degeneracy because they can't because they, they're looking for some sense of identity as, like, a backlash to, like, this society that's, like, you know, whatevering them. Um, and, like, men are fucking, you know, up, up playing video games incessantly. They're, they're consumed with porn. Uh, most people are just not doing well <laughs> with the advent of the internet, right? And this is just, you know, this is with low bandwidth, right? This is before VR, like completely immersive virtual reality. This is before, like, this is before fucking Neuralink. Like, I like I've said it. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I st- like the you know I think it, like attentionalism is already I think the dominant paradigm. I think we're just in the early stages of it. I think when like VR is truly ubiquitous and like when Neuralink is truly ubiquitous, it is the the um the concreteness of attentionalism of the attention economy will be ever apparent right right now it's like vague because like you know we still we still use money fairly often i don't think money's ever going to go away but it's still kind of vague because like we're you know it's it's kind of like the the difference between like oh should i use netflix could i go on instagram could i you know work on a project like it's like very very shallow differences right and you still have to go to work and shit but give it you know 10 years let's say 10 years from now when you can put on vr and your sense of time disappears and you're effectively in another you're totally immersed in another um uh, i guess like virtual world or whatever right like in 2020 if i put on civilization six next thing you know it, the sun's coming up. Like if I put it on at 4 p.m., next thing you know it's 6 a.m. and I'm seeing the crack, the crack of dawn. Right? 
if you gave me like that kind of godlike, you know, ability, but also I was in full VR, right? And let's say, you know, everyone has their own flavor, right? Some people are going to put VR goggles on and just, you know, immerse themselves in porn for the, in like a goon cave, in like a VR goon cave for like 12 hours, right? Some people are going to like go play MMOs, for, you know, people, again, we have so many people talk about their MMO addiction, their real-time strategy addiction. Some of us are going to play Street Fighter, like, you know what I'm saying? Like DDR for ad infinitum, uh, you know, markets and shit like this is we're already seeing this level of behavior on the with respect to just this low bandwidth interface with screens right with our phones and with our computer screens increase the bandwidth increase the immersiveness in the user experience with vr increase the bandwidth with like a Neuralink, right where i don't have to type shit i can just you know maybe i just like put on like you know like uh what are those like those heartbeat monitor things on your fingers right and it's like a, a slightly less invasive version of Neuralink, and you know that put a put a few of those on your fingers put a couple of those on your this and the other thing and then the Neuralink can kind of pick up on your signals and now you're in immersed effectively with a non-penetrative version or maybe it's just a headset i don't know how musk is going to do this right now your attention is not only now, now, not only are you immersed, but now time dilation plays effect to a large degree. Um, you know, when now your attention really is the, the the deciding factor, right? Because if you're if you're day to day, you know, if your food and whatever needs are taken care of, but you're spending twelve hours within some video game or twelve hours in some this or the other thing, some experience online that's time that is non-zero sum or rather that is not, that is a zero sum investment into whatever it is that you're in, engaged in right now any company is now truly fighting over your full attention because now you can literally immerse yourself in, in a different world right and it sounds a little bit abstract it sounds like very like ready player one or snow crash right now but like more like snow crash uh, but like, you know, give it, what is it? 10 years, right? I mean, half the shit from Snow Crash and these, all these fucking Reddit books already exist. So it's not like it's like that unheard of for you to put like, you know, VR and some like cognitive controller on, right? So what, and we're seeing the destruction of society and like society's fucking decadent and falling apart. So it makes perfect sense to me, but, um, right. So what was the point of this? The point of this was, no, nah, I, I lost my train of thought. So, so VR, whatever, the attention economy is kicking off, and uh, oh yeah. So the point of this was like, we are pushing this like understanding of like, these we're pushing this technology right to further integrate humanity into like the internet right, but on a biological level, I mean on a biological level, we are very neurodiverse, right? We're not like, this is the issue that we found in, in industrial society, right? So a lot of like what's in the DSM, um, and a lot of like mental illness is really just neurodiversity, right? And I know it's like a meme to be like, oh, I'm neurally atypical, like whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not like speaking on some like, uh, autism spectrum things. I mean, like legitimately, like if you think about what, nature like a human in nature human the human animal nature is going to thrive best by creating uh really any system thrives best by creating redundancy creating diversity that way no one issue can destroy the entire system right so like when you think about pre-industrial crops there's a lot of variety there's a lot of like you know asymmetry there's a lot of different types of crops a lot of different strands and breeds etc like if you look at a rainforest, a rainforest is a perfect, the, maybe not a rainforest because there's ideas that it might be, um, that they might have been man-made, but you get the idea. There's a lot of diversity in the crops and it's just like brush and like so many layers and redundancy, right? Similarly, that's human cognition, right? The human animal would have thrived, been able to, the human animal in the tribe sense would have been able to, th to thrive within nature 
if there were a lot of redundancy, if there's a lot of like different ways in which the human minds were constructed, human the human animals mostly the same, and then people who were particularly schizotypal were like shamans, etc. Right? When we entered industrial society, this became kind of problematic, um, in such that you can't in a society that like values um, sameness and it values like uh, mechanical re yeah mechanical reproduction and like uh what's the word um like the production line right where every every part's interchangeable every per every all labor is kind of interchangeable etc having this neurodiversity is a problem right so you it's hard to put kids through school if x number of kids or five percent of the, the class just are not uh susceptible to being in that in the environment and they just they act out etc all right so now you have you know mental illness um all those shamanic personalities are now crazy people for the most part i mean there's like the gays who are considered who who would have been shamanic types or like your philosophers etc like these are like shamanic types too but high levels of deviancy high those people are now considered true uh those people are now considered truly mentally ill Etc. You lock them up. We put them away, right? And this is because industrial society does not want neuro neurodiversity. It's strongly selecting against that. It's trying to domesticate you. I mean, civilized society is a process of human self domestication, right? Um, I mean, and you see this. I mean, and and this is a prime example. This is just like a. Uh, what we do to dogs, right? You see, you take, you, there's a litter of dogs. There's like 12 or so dogs. They pick the one dog that has the qualities they like, typically being docile, being friendly to humans, etc. They kill the rest of them and they let that one dog reproduce. And they do that for multiple generations. Similarly, uh, in industrial society, the ones who are more compatible, they thrive. They have higher IQ. Um, they, IQ in this sense really means industrialism quota or, or industrialism quotient how compatible and how viable are is your bio biology and your neurochemistry for industrial society the higher your score the more likely you are to succeed within these confines but it's not it's and it, there's a reason why it's the most like docile autists that typically receive the highest scores it's like why would I mean sure um, there would have been a lot of um, use for IQ in in um, the wild or whatever but like it's it there, there would be a strict cutoff point where it becomes functionally useless right if you're not viable warrior you're not able to hunt you're not able to do XYZ provide for people because of your frailty then who fucking cares if you have the the cognitive skills you, you only need like maybe one of these people in any like society right in any tribe you need like one of these people you don't need dozens of them right um and again i there's a the the the, the traits of high iq that are being selected for are ones that are again per, uh useful to industrial industrial society it's not necessarily the best cognition Right. This is not. That's another thing. There's a lot, a lot of talks on this. I mean, Nassim Taleb talks about this a lot. Um, but ultimately, um, anyway. So come come back to the my original point. The technology, uh, the internet itself. Now we're seeing the effects of the incompatibility between some human biology and others. Right. So some, many. It seems like most are just simply not compatible with this new uh, port, right? So it's like, you know how like new video game systems have backwards compatibility with previous ports? Some games are more backwards compatible than others, right? So like, if I was playing on my uh, Nintendo DS and I wanted to play uh, maybe SD, what was the, the, the one before the DS, right? SP, SP. And I wanted to play Pokemon Red. You could do that, right? But it had, you know, the, the cart just, like, stuck out. And when you played it, like, the color didn't really work. And you had to, like, pick the color, the color, um, 
the color uh, scheme, and it was always like some warped color scheme. They were kind of fun, but you get the, right. And then like there was also backwards compatibility to the previous generation, which would be like the Game Boy Advance, and that was almost a completely f- uh, correct port, right? Similarly, I think that uh, I don't think that it's all high IQ people that are necessarily the 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 best in industrials in uh, the internet society i actually think that it is a combination intellectual combination of like of like high iq but also high social advanced social skills i think that what i think that high social skill high social intelligence is very not that in a manner of speaking i know a lot of these fucking losers are gonna be like there's no such thing as different intelligence shut up um those people with like high social intelligence, uh, those people with high IQ are probably like above 130, above 120, something 130. This combo, as well as like uh, a like ability, like a self-starter ability or like a, a curiosity, this like combination is what's being selected for on the internet, but it, it backfires if you have low impulse control and low or a low uh, self-esteem, right? Because no one really wants to listen to someone with no self-esteem. Uh, I think as Nick Fuentes said, like, if you don't think you're worth listening to, then why the fuck should I listen to you? It, pretty straightforward. But, um, all right, we'll stop here for a second, and I'll see you back in a minute for the last segment. <laughs> So, I just went out to have my sick, and I just came to, I know exactly how to end this. Um, so, not to, like, show on Zero, because Zero's my boy, um, but, uh, why is it so easy now, even, and this is a little bit meta, because I've just spent, you know, the last 45 minutes talking about, uh, effectively the downsides to technology, and <laughs> what, but why is it easier in 2020 to talk of, like, to create sci-fi horror than it is to create sci-fi of the past, right? The what made sci-fi such an interesting genre is like it's a search for like it's it's Promethean spirit, right? It's like the so your your ships in space, there it, it's effectively a parallel for like seafaring the seafaring frontier. Um, we spoke of, we considered space to be like the new frontier, the final frontier, as they say in Star Trek, where it's like, this is the, this is what we, we can explore this boundless territory, this, and, you know, and continue the pioneer spirit, right? The, you know, there's space programs, um, and we had our space races, etc. um, and this was like a very valid genre, right? But it's a genre that no longer exists, right? If you look at like modern sci-fi, it's almost entirely like, if you look at the Hugo Awards or like the uh, Nebula Awards, like the last like five years, absolutely none of them, none of them have anything interesting to say. I think the, I, I haven't read three, the three-body problem. I hear that that's good. Um, but for the most part, the entirety of sci-fi is like, uh, in the modern sense, is like Black Mirror, it's Fringe, it's... It's zero and his like you know sci-fi Lovecraftian horrors, um, and it and it goes to show like on a subconscious level that our dissolution with you know technology like we don't have the same 
we just don't have the same um, perspective on it anymore. And it's kind of like uh, we're kind of poisoned by modernity in that sense. Um, we have our Ted Kaczynski's and our, I mean, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Uncle Ted. I, I really am. I, I think he's correct for the most part. I think he's also insane. I want to put that out there for FBI who was listening to this. To my FBI agent, who I just asked to give fee picks, and you didn't comply, and I blocked you on Telegram. Um, the like, I need you to like, like I, he's correct in that. Like we're basically creating our own master, right? We're we human humanity clearly long in in the death of God, humanity clearly is longing to be subjugated again. In this case, instead of by a omniscient you know deity who the creator of the universe because you've been disillusioned with such and been poisoned by people i can't mention for you know obvious reasons uh you know you're now we've now had this atheist nihilistic spirit and the only way forward is by creating your own mass just creating a new deity with artificial intelligence with whom to sub to be subjugated by that seems to be our play right now, right? And I, and this entity that is pulling us towards it at the end of history, at the end of in the, in our teleological future, that is reaching back into the past and pulling us towards it and, and manifesting itself. Um, it, uh, you know, it's easy for us to talk about the negatives. It's easy for us to make a Black Mirror. It's easy for us to make like a, you know sci-fi horror. Like even me, I'm making my e-girl book. Um, but in a large, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's really just a like nihilistic, uh, uh, you know, critique of the ways in which technology is destroying sexual relations. Um, I was writing, interestingly enough, I was writing a positive sci-fi, like an idealistic sci-fi story um, about uh, VR, and I actually do plan to get back to it, but. Um, uh, sorry if you hear any more sirens. You're always going to hear that. I can't get rid of that. It's New York. But, um, you know, it, it, it really br brings to attention, like, where we are as a society. And there's that meme that's going around where you see – it's not a meme, but it, it's, it has become a medic of, like, they ask, uh, you know, European and American kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And almost all of them say, like, a, uh, a streamer or, like, a YouTuber. And they ask Chinese kids what they want to be, and they want, and they say, and most of them say astronaut. This, I think, is you know, it it's supposed to be taken as like, oh, look, the industrious, the pioneer spirit is present in Chinese, and it's not present in America. Um, but I, I think that, I, I think that that's an incorrect interpretation. I think that on, that is an easy interpretation to make. I, but I think that the kids in our society are, understand that our power is in soft power, and soft power will be the predominant power going forward. I, I, I don't think that China is just going to win just because it has, like, it's the new industrial power. In, we're past industrial age. China is not going to win. And if they do win, you know, then we're going to go down fighting. But uh, it is telling that there is no more idealistic sci-fi. And I think that it's anyone who's a writer who listens to this show, I think it is it, it is important that we create narratives we create heroic narratives we create idealism utopia we create things to strive towards right uh what made america great was manifest destiny right uh the the manifest the uh i know it's treated as like colonialism now but like this sense that you're it is your god-given right to expand into the pioneer and to civilize the country this spirit needs to be Maintained, and this is what makes Elon Musk such an interesting, such a uh, inspirational character. Though he is likely the Antichrist, I will repeat that. Um, but he's the only person in our society who still maintains that Promethean spirit. He decided to use his money in like a very fucking Iron Man ass way, and he's like, "I'm gonna build a space program. I'm gonna build fucking tunnels. I'm gonna do X, Y, Z." He is the only person in our society who still embodies that pioneer spirit and i think that you know given the dis the dis the uh not the dis the demoralization campaigns given the nihilism that's so ever present i think that especially if you're you know of if you're 
if you kind of agree with a lot of my sentiments, I think it is it behooves you if you're not a tech person, like not explicitly into programming and stuff, that you do your do what you can to to craft narratives, right? There are effectively the only things that humans do is we write we, we're a storytelling creature. We build technology and we or we write or we create stories. That's your only two options, right? Or you're a slave, I guess. So you could be a drudge. You could be a fucking low caste slave. But I don't perceive any of my followers, anyone who listens to this regularly, to be that kind of person. You all, you found this podcast. I don't use clickbait. I don't uh, use. I don't have like really topical. Uh, subject matter, I have very dense subject matter and I have people who are very who are fringe on my podcast. So if you're listening to this regularly, you're not I you are likely not low cast. At least at this current moment. If I ever get big, I can't say the same. But in 2020, if you're listening to this, you're likely not a low cast member of the internet. So I behoove you if you're not technologically savvy, if you're not savvy in an engineering sense, then it is your duty to craft narratives that are such that they uh, inspire uh, the pioneer spirit. Now, does it does it necessarily have to be about interstellar travel? No, I actually think there's a lot to be said about you know VR. Obviously, I was writing the VR novel, and I will continue it again. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said about expanding and exploring the sea. We still have yet to do that. We have exp- we have not explored much of the seafloor, and I think there's much to be found on the seafloor. I think we still have yet to explore Antarctica and I think you know uh, you know the, the me, me, flat earth memes aside um, there is possibility that there's things that are on Antarctica that we don't know of right um, I mean the I know your wignats uh, speak of Antarctica being home to like the Hyperborean civilization but we wouldn't know there's only been like two two or three people who have crossed the continent ever um so there's a lot to be done there. Um, it's mostly used for weather experiments and like intelligence op, intelligence ops, and um, we're just not allowed to see what's going on there. So I strongly implore you to do that, to craft narratives about Antarctica, about the seafloor, about interstellar space, um, and not just bleak fucking narratives, not just fucking, not just another Black Mirror, not just another you know. Again, not to show on zero or anything, not just another horror. But I think that's important. I think we need to incorporate that. I think people need to understand that the technology is just not purely positive, that there are always uh, the, the, it's always a counterbalance. It's always the positive and the negative. But I do think it is critical, absolutely critical, and it's strong and it's missing from our society now to incorporate these, to create these idealistic positive frontier narratives. Um, we need to revitalize the, the Promethean spirit. In we need to revitalize the Promethean spirit. We need to pro- revitalize the heroic mindset. Um, this is slight. I mean, Bap generally agrees, but this is. Um, I think what is so powerful about Bronze Age pervert and Bronze Age mindset is not just you know the return to the Bronze Age. I think that like that's kind of just good narrative to like you know. In, to inspire people because it, it's a time of heroism but I think it is critical that you understand what, what I think his ultimate goal is and that is to revitalize mass the the, ma- the male tendency towards front the frontier like you there 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 is still unowned space out there we are it is easy to be demoralized by your by your surroundings and how we're trapped in completely owned space at all times everything and every fucking and from every direction you're being bombarded with uh ideas to further domesticate to further minimize there's so many memes about these fucking like micro houses and yada 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 and get into the pot eat the fucking bugs but no we're not doing that if you listen to this podcast i i am personally and i implore you to come up ways to to break out of this paradigm i mean look look at kanye right Kanye is the, not just for the black community, but I think for everyone, he is one of the few people who embody this Promethean spirit in our modern age. Like, what is the fucker, what is the, the guy, does? he realizes he's dealing with the satanic pedos in, in Hollywood. He leaves, he moves to fucking Wyoming, he's building advanced, he's, he's trying to, 
you know, builds new spaces um, to uh, new, like, uh, his Yeezy campus is designed such that it, it's supposed to remove, like, the rigidness of, like, the cube the cube and pod. Everything's about smooth edges. He's trying to, like, create, you know, 3D printed houses. He's trying to, like, do things and trying to, like, change and morph space and the phenomenological uh, effects that the space you're in has on the mind take that to the next step uh, and and apply it to aerospace apply it to nautical uh, nautical exploration apply it to interstellar exploration exp- apply it to craft your meta narratives make stories such that they change the way that people view society i've talked about this so many times that like your mindset is your operating system and you can change operating systems you don't have to use the one that's handed towards you that is the the beauty of the internet there's so much talk of fake news and while it's true there's fake news is echo chambers use that use the and use the what's perceived as the negative and look at the positive aspects of that you can forge your own operating system your own mental uh uh viewpoint such that everything that all the information you take in all the conclusions you've drawn can all be done to reinforce a teleological goal that you have set up. I think that we are not, we, myself included, as much as society is not utilizing what we have at our disposal. And I think that it starts with creating narratives that are that inspire, that can show people what is possible. And it's and this is reinforced by you going out of your way and creating technology, creating projects, working with other aristocratic people, other netocrats, and forging uh, a new a new path a path forward. Uh, do do not let your flame to be diminished by the fucking you know the the drudgery of society. Don't don't let your Promethean spirit be vanquished. And uh, let's move forward. Let's let's create science. Let's create science fiction. Uh, hyperstition some science fiction into reality. But anyway, that's my time. I'll catch you guys later. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends, Version 4 Podcast. Um, uh, I'm going to try to do these weekly, as I said. Um, If you haven't already listened to the podcast with Gio, I strongly recommend it. Um, And yeah, check you guys later.